You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we have Ken Billington, a lighting designer who has worked on about 100 Broadway shows and has gotten several Tony Awards and nominations. Hi, Ken. Hi there. How are you? Good. How are you? Fabulous. Enjoying the summer. Would you like to tell how you got to where you are today? Uh, well, it's, um, I'll do the short version, I guess. Um, I was the guy in the fourth grade who ran the lights for the fourth grade play. Liked it. Thought it would be fun to do. Did it um, in Cub Scouts. And then I got into, I was in raised just outside of New York City in the suburbs, and then got on the stage crew, and I was in the seventh grade, uh, which was also in the same building as the high school, but it was a real theater, and started doing theater there, doing lights, um, and was also in the AV club and all those things, and on the drama club, and then started working with the community players in, um, I was in Harrison, New York, started working with the Harrison Players, when I was, uh, I think, in eighth or ni- maybe ninth grade, and did that through high school. All I ever wanted to do was lighting my entire life, and then um, went off and did summer stock. I did not go to university. I went to a um, design school in New York called the Polakov Studio and Forum of Stage Design, which was basically for graduate students who were trying to do- join the um, uh the design union, uh, the, there's a, we, I belong to a union called the United Scenic Artists, which represent uh, designers for um, stage film, um, uh, sets, lights, costumes, scenic painters. Uh, and so um, people went there to learn uh, how to join, and that's where I went. And I started assisting on Broadway when I was um, 19 and um, assisted on about 20 shows and then started my own career and Got going, and on my first show, got a Tony nomination, and been moving forward ever since. And that was over 100, show, 100 Broadway shows I've designed on Broadway. So that's the quick version. When you're putting together a show, how much prep work goes into it before you sit down in the theater to tech the show? Uh, depends. Um, musical, play, concert, depends what, <clears throat> what the show is. But basically, I would say... It's spread over about a year or nine months, but not every day. Um, so, you know, I can have meetings. Um, I do have a breakdown on a show I did, and it was 11 months from the first meeting to opening night. But 
early on. It's just um, you do meetings and you talk and you don't spend every day on it. And then when I get the drawings and it becomes time to do a light plot, it's a couple of weeks of getting that done. And then that goes off to bids and I don't do anything for a while. And then when it starts into the theater, we start. I start going to the theater. And then when we get to focus of uh, the lights... I'm there full-time till opening night, and that's usually 8 a.m. to midnight, seven days a week. Wow. Um, so I was listening to ETC's On Headset podcast, where you were teching My Girl, I believe. Me and My Girl, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was just wondering what you have in front of you during tech. During tech, I have my script. Um, so, And in my script, I have written notes during – I see a run-through before I get on stage. Now, what you got to remember is I've drawn the light plot months before the show even went into rehearsal. So, uh, and I usually have focused it before I've seen a run through, but I will go up and watch a run through in the rehearsal hall and take copious notes in my script, but it's as fast as they're running it. I mean, I don't see it multiple times. Sometimes if there's a complicated production number, I will have them run that a couple of times for me. But I watch the show, write my notes, and then get on stage. And usually I start tech with the cast. Um, I like to get a, um, uh, at least get, if I have multiple sets, to get at least a light cue for each set in the show. So um, we get it looking pretty. And um, then when I get the actors, I actually start to light the show. And on encores we do it in a day uh on a big broadway musical that can be 14 days of tech um so uh, but those days are long the actors are 10 hours out of 12 hours and so the actors come in around one and we work till midnight with a dinner break for one hour at six o'clock and we have the crew in from 8 a.m till noon uh, and in that time, we can do whatever needs to be done. They fix things that broke the night before. They finish getting stuff working. They, I can write light cues. We can do whatever we want in the mornings. Uh, but that's what we do for the two weeks, and then we get into preview performances. So getting on to what I have in front of me is I have the script. I have what I call a magic sheet, and a magic sheet is all – the different circuits of light. So I can say, oh, turn dimmer one on, and then I get whatever is hooked up to that. So I have a cheat sheet, which is a white pad, um, double-sided with all the channel numbers. And then I have a Gobo cheat sheet, and then TV monitors. And one TV monitor will be the Q Q list with their times, Q1, Q2, Q3, et cetera. Another monitor will have the conventional lighting channels, which are lights that are not moving. They are just lights that come on and off. Um, And then I'll have another screen with all the automated lighting on it. They're the lights that move. And so I have three monitors and, but right in front of me is open so I can see the stage and the director who's usually three or four rows in front of me. So, you don't actually memorize all the color palettes? Because that's what I was amazed by. Uh, I've used them for so long. I use I know many of my color palettes, but my color palettes are stuff I created. Um, 
So uh, they're colors I use all the time. And I have a reference copy and often a, a cheat sheet of color. So I can um, look at that. If I, I know a lot of them, I know what certain colors are because I use them all the time. <clears throat> but um, color 124 is primary red. I Color 110 is um, full yellow and color, you know, so I know those numbers. But it's about efficiency and speed when I get into the theater <clears throat> because when I'm lighting a show, I have a full acting company. I have all the creatives. Um, we have rehearsal pianists. We have wardrobe. We have everybody it takes to put a show on. And we now have to wait for me to do what I do. Um, so I have to work quickly. Nobody expects me to go terribly fast because... It's my only time to see what I do, where a costume designer or set designer can look at sketches. They can see the scenery being built. They can do all of this. I can't see anything until I turn the light on. And that's when I have a room full of people watching me do my job. So um, it's uh, so and money is important. So, you know, everyone's being paid. So. They want you to work as quickly as possible. You still have to make the show proper. And they don't want to go into overtime and they don't want to do all those things. They may be spending many, many millions of dollars on this, but they have a budget and they want you to stick to it. Do you prefer working with LED and moving lights or conventional fixtures? It's, it's whatever the show requires. Uh, conventional fixtures are terrific. Um, use them for everything. Um, also, they're not very expensive. Um, an LED fixture costs three times or four times what a conventional fixture costs. And an automated fixture will cost, um, you know, a good moving light is anywhere from twelve to $16,000. And a conventional light is $375,400. So, there's a, a big difference here of what you need. And since on Broadway, we hire all, rent all the equipment. There's nothing at all in any of the theaters. They're completely bare of lighting equipment, dimmers, consoles. There is nothing lighting-wise in the theater. So I have to bring everything in so I have a budget. So if I'm renting a $15,000 light, that costs more to rent every week than a $400 light. Um, so you know, you take all that into, it has to be part of the equation. Um, for LEDs, yes, they're great if you need color. If I just need white light, I don't need LED. Um, LED is not as attractive on the skin as an incandescent light bulb. Um, so out front, I don't want to put a star out there and make them look odd with putting only LEDs out front. So I may put LEDs for backlight, side light, and maybe a color wash out front, but the visibility light is probably incandescent. Right, so do I enjoy where I work with all of them, but it's whatever the design requires, which is whatever the show, uh, my concept for the show is. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is there a lot of competition between different designers? Is there a lot of competition? No. You know, even if uh, I was the best, most wonderful, terrific person out there, I can't light everything. I only can light what I can light. So I have directors I work with. I have producers I work with. Um, so, and they call and hire me. So there's plenty of work for all of us. Um, and we're all friends. By the way, if I have a problem, I'll call up a well-known Broadway lighting designer and say, have you done a show in the whatever theater? And they say, yeah. I said, could you send me the ground plan? Oh, sure. Um, or have you ever, you know, we ask each other questions. We help each other. Um, is there competition? Of course there's competition, you know, um, the new kid on the block isn't doing the Broadway shows. I mean, you got to remember there's only about 36 to 40 Broadway shows per season. And there's probably 10 people that do all of them. So we're all friends. Uh, the most I ever did in one season is I did five Broadway shows. That was exhausting. So on a more personal level, I'm trying to grow as a designer, and most of my experiences come from local children's theater or my old school drama program that I've been a part of starting and growing from no lighting at all to just now having eight lights. So I guess my question is, how do I grow with limited opportunities I have available? Um, well, you take those limited opportunities and you make them as good as you can. You know, um, you then have to decide what works. You know, you know, let's say you want to use a a, 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 diff, a color you've never used before. So you put it in and you're going to give up one of your eight lights for that color. But then you have to figure out what other color works with that color to make sure that design is going to work. You know, eight lights is eight lights. I mean, when you're doing eight lights, it's basically visibility because we do, no matter what we do, all, all the art, um, part, which is wonderful. We have to see what we're doing uh, and see the performers, see the show. So if you have eight lights, let's say you have three of them lighting the actors, what do you do with the uh, other five? Um, and, and remember what you did and write down what you did and learn from what you did. Don't sit there and complain that you only have eight lights. You have eight lights and you're going to make it work and when there's some more money you'll have 10 lights and then someday you'll get 20 lights and then you know you'll get a the most i've ever had on a show this was before moving lights was 1250 uh individual lights on a broadway musical so um now we have in the neighborhood of 300 plus automated so you just got to learn what you're doing and then find other things. If you can go steal the floodlights from the backyard and hide them and make them look good and get them on a dimmer, then you've just gotten yourself two more. Um, so it's just practice and playing around and re seeing what works and what doesn't work. And it's okay to make a mistake. If you put the wrong color in, easy to change. Color is inexpensive and you just buy another sheet of color and put it in. You're allowed to make mistakes. I make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. And sometimes I'll screw up and I'll go, oh, I didn't put the right color in that light. And then we re-gel it the next morning. Um, as a lighting designer, do you think education or experience is more important? Yes. 
Um, you need uh, you need both. Experience is great. It will teach you um, all the things we just talked about. Uh, the education will teach you where it came from and how it's done and why it's done. And the education will teach you how to read a script because you must remember what we are doing is we are illuminating the playwright's words. So you have to learn how to read a script and how to break it down and come up with a concept from that script. Uh, education will also teach you how to collaborate with the other folks, the other designers, as well as the director, the choreographer, if there's a playwright around, to be with a playwright, um, and to deal with dealing with different personalities, because there's lots of different personalities and you have to deal with it. You know, you can't have a, we don't have time in the lighting department to have fights or break down and cry or storm out or anything. We just have to be able to solve the problems and to be able to solve the interpersonal problems, if there are any. And sometimes it's a big love fest and goes well. What the practical stuff will do is teach you everything you know. You know how will know how to hang a light. You will know what that color does. You may actually know how to work with directors. Um, but the schooling will also teach you a little bit about business because we're all in show business. Um, I have a corporation, which uh, I have people that work for me. Um, you have to know how to do all that. It isn't just turning the lights on and off, unfortunately. It's a lot of other things. So my last question is, what are you doing during quarantine? Um, oh, let's see. What am I doing? I was lighting a show, actually, in London until the 18th of March. Um, we had just finished scene one. It was a musical of Sleepless in Seattle called Sleepless. Um, and then we all stopped. It's still sitting in the theater with the production tables set up, waiting for us to come back. I flew back to New York and i um, sitting at my house, and, which is now very clean. Um, done some stuff around the house. I'm sleeping late. Um, I have uh, shows for next year because all the shows for the rest of this year have been canceled or postponed. Um, and I'm getting the UK tour of Chicago drawn, the Tokyo version of Waitress drawn. Um, and then there's other shows that everyone's talking about. Uh, we just don't know quite when, when we're going to do them. So I'm trying to enjoy myself. And it's summertime and I'm going to the beach. Um, before I go, I just wanted to say that I admire your lighting and I love Waitress. The lighting for that is genius and everything you do is amazing. Oh, well, thanks. And are, what are you lighting? What are you doing? Um, well, I play around with the ETC Nomad because I got that for my school. And I just play around with their creating random shows. Like, I've done Wicked or working on Wicked. Um, I just go through their script and map out what I think would look good. Right. Good. Well, that's great. And then I'm creating this. Right. Well, and you're learning how the console works, too. So, um, yeah. so that's really good. Yeah. And, you know, um, you've watched some shows. You know, Broadway HD has a whole bunch of Broadway musicals, I think. PBS has a bunch too. I just had some, I had one on PBS this week 
but I think you should go look at stuff. That'd be great. Well, thank you so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Hey, it's End of Show Mason. I'm going to get sentimental for a second and just thank you for listening if you've gotten this far. Thank you so much. It means everything to me to be able to have this platform and have people listen to me talk to my literal Broadway idols. So, thank you. Let's go to the outro that I fixed that's not super quiet now. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.